0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. <laughs> well, I trust everyone had a. <laughs> what did you What did you say earlier, Raymond? Jesus still saves, right? <laughs> Amen. I pray everybody had a good day today, and. Um, I'm excited about the word I have tonight because I think it just uh, kind of piggybacks messages that we've had and times we've had together over the over the last um, several weeks. And I entitled it, The Importance of the Anointing. And basically what I'm gonna be talking about tonight is the Holy Spirit. And I love the Holy Spirit, I really do. Um, and I feel like I have um, my, experience, my initial experience with him affected my life so deeply that, um, you know, sometimes I have found myself, not so much now, but in the past, communicating with him more than I did with the father and with the son because it w- he was just so real to me. And um, I'm hoping that in what... I share tonight that you will be encouraged uh, if you pray in the spirit to pray more in the spirit and if you don't to begin amen that's my hope so father we just thank you for your word lord we we thank you god that god your word is truth and um, lord that you speak to us through your word we thank you jesus for the great, tremendous sacrifice you made that we might know you, that we might know the Father, and that we might know the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the person of the Godhead who's in the earth today, and we thank you that um, you lead us, you guide us, you teach us, you instruct us, you comfort us, you strengthen us, and... Um, we just, um, we honor you. We honor the Godhead tonight. And we just say, as Pastor Ina said in praise and worship, we say thank you. Thank you for your great love and compassion for us. In Jesus' name. So in the Old Testament, um, believers had no anointing. And your fill-in there is in or on them. The presence of God was kept shut up in the Holy of Holies in the, in the temple. Occasionally, God would anoint a king or a priest or a prophet to stand in the office, stand in that office, and the Spirit of God would come upon these either, either of these three people. Um, to enable them to stand and represent him before his people. We know from scripture that David operated in all three anointings, king, priest, and prophet. And we know that God is still anointing prophets as spokesmen for him, spokeswomen, people for him today. I I think... um, you know, one of the things I've learned from prophetic class is, you know, how important in this time the prophetic voice is. And I can't remember when Dr. Hammond wrote the book that we've been using for over a a year now, um, almost, was it 20 years ago? And things that he wrote about in that book, we are now Walking in and seeing come to pass. Um, He's still anointing um, the prophetic voice. He's still anointing priest, and I think the way that he's doing that is raising up intercessors. You know, I hear more now about groups of people who are meeting to pray, just like we here at River of Life have been praying. You know, corporately, individually. Last week, we had prayer, and it was awesome. Amen. It was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. We, 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 we walked in the presence and the power of God and the Holy Spirit as we prayed together. I mean, there was synergy, right? And then I think the Wednesday before, Pastor Tim had, had given us an awful, um, awesome, not awful, but awesome um, um, teaching on prayer matters, just how important prayer is. And I love the way um, he started. And I don't know if he intended to do that or Holy Spirit prompted him to start that, um, that Wednesday night. He started with praying in the Spirit, you know. And immediately when he did, the atmosphere in this place shifted. There's power in praying in the Holy Spirit. And he, God is still anointing kings because he says we are kings and we reign with him. Amen. Amen. Um, it's in Romans five seventeen. it talks about us reigning in life and it's because of the anointing that we reign. So tonight I'm going to talk about individual anointing that all believers have and obtain at new birth and a deeper anointing that all believers can experience by being baptized, some say with or in the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes, um, and I guess I've heard this term, um, I've heard it before, but I've heard it more frequently or more recently in healing rooms, like someone will come and you know, we will ask them if they are filled with the Spirit. And they'll say things like, I caught the Spirit. You know, how do you catch the spirit? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what they mean by that. Or they believe that they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the Holy Spirit. And speaking of the tongues when they were born again. So they did receive an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But not the Holy Spirit that empowers us to be his witness. Amen. His witnesses in the earth that give us the, the, the um, I'm going to say, because often when it, we were talking about anointing, it also means power. It means authority. You know, when we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, we are then, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but we are then in a position to bless other people. You know, we have more authority, we have more boldness to, to witness to other people. Um, and one of the things that I think I got from doing this particular lesson, you know, it's, you know how sometimes you can know stuff? You know, that's knowledge. But when you get understanding and how it applies, the wisdom to apply it, it makes a whole lot of difference. And one of the things I gleaned from this lesson was, when Holy Spirit comes, okay, so let me let me back up. So when we're born again, we ask Jesus to come into our life, right? He comes to us by the Holy Spirit, because Jesus isn't here on the earth anymore, right? so he he and he says, He says to his disciples, it's expedient for you, it's necessary that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit won't come, right? So he comes to us when we recognize that we are separated from him and the Father through the Holy Spirit, all right? And we become our spirit that was dead, separated from him, becomes alive, right? We become new creatures in Christ, right? So... Then he he says also, he tells the disciples, he says, because it's important for me to go away because if I don't go away, Holy Spirit can't come. And then he gives a whole descriptive of what Holy Spirit will do when he comes. He was talking to believers, right? He was talking to people who were already born again. But he says it's necessary that you have this subsequent experience. All right. So tonight we're going to talk about individual anointing that all believers have in new birth and a deeper anointing that all believers can experience by being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what I want to focus on is the connection between the power and the anointing that the Holy Spirit provides for us. The Bible tells us in Zechariah 4:6, and I think we have that. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So in that scripture, he's telling us that it's not anything that we can do, right? You know, as as scripture says, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, right? In the power of the Lord. And he's saying to him, it's not anything that we do. It's, it's just God. It's just Jesus, right? It's not by anything that we, go, we can do, not our not power, not our might. So as we focus on this tonight, he also wants us to know that there's no yoke or anything the enemy tries to put us against us to destroy us um, that cannot be destroyed by the anointing. And another scripture for that is Isaiah ten twenty seven. Do we have that one? I'm sorry, um, that our victories don't come by human strength, but by his spirit. And then the second part is also that yokes or anything the enemy tries to put on us is destroyed by the anointing. Isaiah ten twenty seven says, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed. He is the one who carries and bears our yokes. We see this anointing in the New Testament in the life of Jesus. Let's look at Luke 4, 14 through 19. It says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Now, this is when, after he has... um, been, been tempted and he has been tried and it says he returns um, with power in the spirit to Galilee and news of him went out through all the surrounding area or region. And he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Yeah. And then that the following subsequent scripture says, then he sat down and he began to teach them. So along with the Holy Spirit comes the ability to teach others. You know, some let, let's look at one more scripture. Um, Acts ten thirty eight. it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him and Jesus is our example some would say and the point I'm trying to make in this next paragraph is that okay so he was a son of God of course he could do all those things but we know according to the scripture that Jesus emptied himself of all his glory, right? All his might, all his power. That next fill in there is that he came into the world and then he became a human like you and me. He was just as much the son of God as he was the son of man, right? Because he, he, he emptied himself of all his, his glory, all his power, and that's why the scripture says he can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities because he knows exactly how we as humans feel and experience things. And he is our example, though, of how we should live our lives, right? Um, Philippians 2.7. It says, but he made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of men. So he made, he, ch- he chose to come in the likeness of men. Um, until Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan and the Holy Spirit came upon him in the bodily shape of a dove, he didn't heal anybody. He didn't perform any miracles. Okay? But he taught. That's what he did. He taught. Um, Let's look at Luke uh, 3.22. It says, And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. In Matthew 3.17, And suddenly, it says, a voice came from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And I believe that's still the voice of the Father today for us. You know, we want him to say, I want him to say, I'm well pleased. Um, and like I said, Jesus performed no miracles. He, healed, he didn't heal anyone. Let's look at John 2, 11. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him what was that miracle the water into wine that's right and then um, John 14:12. most assuredly I say to you he who believes in me the works that I do he will do also he's talking about us now right so go back to thinking, people who, st- who still believe, well, I can't do what Jesus did because he was the son of God. But he's telling us that we're going to do what he did. And scripture says even greater things, right? So he wouldn't tell us that if we couldn't do the greater things or the greater works, right? <clears throat> so let me just share with you a little bit about... Jesus and his function in the five-fold ministry. And again, he's setting an example for us. The scripture tells us in Hebrews 3.1 that he, okay, let me go back. So in, in uh, Ephesians 4 and 8, we are taught about the five-fold ministry. We all, we all know that, right? The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, and the preacher, Um, and Jesus held all five of these positions. So in Hebrews 3.1, we see him as the apostle. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. It says, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Just want to confirm that by the word. An apostle means he was the sent one. He was sent by the Father, sent by the Holy Spirit in Luke 4:24 then he said assuredly i say to you no prophet is accepted in his own country and you think about this too when you look, go back and look at that story of him at, with the woman at the well she says i discerned that he's a, you're a prophet yeah. you know why did she discern that cuz he told her things about herself that he couldn't possibly know right okay and then Luke 14:18 the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and, re- and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. He was, he was the evangelist, um, He was the one that was going to preach the gospel. That's what he wants us to do. Now we don't we in, we don't individually walk in the fivefold ministry, but these are things that he set for us as example, right? And then the pastor, he says in John ten fourteen, "I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own." He is our shepherd. Probably many of us, the first Psalm we learned was Psalms 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then in Matthew 9:35, he is our teacher. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. <clears throat> So he operated in all of the 5 full ministries. And it, your next fill-in there is that he operated in the Spirit, or I could even say by the Spirit, without measure. We, in, We as believers, though, we have a measure of the Holy Spirit for specific purposes. And one of the things I guess I want to add here is there are um multiple gifts of the holy spirit and any one of us in this room because we now have the holy spirit living on the inside of us i'm getting ahead of myself again but when you when you got when you get filled with the holy spirit it's not an incident it's a person right. he is a person he comes to live on the inside of you so as he wills Each of his gifts can operate through you. Now, what happens is that often we tend to operate in maybe primarily one, sometimes two. But if you are in a situation and you need one that you don't always operate in, he can bring it forth through you if you're willing, if you're open. Okay? All right, let's look at the anointing within us. 2 uh, Corinthians 1, 21 and 22. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. I love that scripture because... And I think when i when i'm when I was introduced to the Holy Spirit uh, it says he is my earnest, he is my guarantee that I belong to the Father I'm his kid, <laughs> you know, and he's not going to reject me he's not going to push me away, abandon me, or do anything to hurt me. he is my earnest and then second corinthians um, one Okay, we've already read that one. I'm sorry. And 1 John 2.20 says, But you have an anointed, anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. So, but the anointing which you have received from him is in us. Say that. Say, it's in me. It's in me. The anointing is in me. And the anointing is a person. It's not, a, and it's not an experience. It's a person. And, you know, we talk about this a lot. He goes with us everywhere we go. You know, he's with us all the time. I'm going to talk to you a little bit later about some of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. <clears> he <throat> says, and you, and you do not need to have anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So he wants to to abide in us, he wants to teach us, he wants to instruct us. Okay, so every believer, everyone in this room, and everyone who names the name of Christ, has an anointing, an unction of the Holy Spirit that abides within him. The Holy Spirit comes in us, In the filling there is new birth, Romans 8 and 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. What I know is that the enemy, he will come and try to tell you that you're not born again. He comes particularly after um, new converts, you know, new people. But he comes after old saints too, right? I want to tell you tonight that one of the ways he tries to come at us is bringing confusion about the word. You mess up. You act in a way that, according to your own conscience, is not godly. Right? And he tells you, you're not saved. Let me tell you tonight, the sin question has already been settled. (laughs) It's been settled. And the scripture says that we, he doesn't, it's not like it's a, But, you know, it's not like we uh, can—this is going to sound like a contradiction, and it may be, but it's not. (laughs) We can do whatever we want. You can, because you're free. You're free, and the sin question has been answered. It's been satisfied. Jesus satisfied God's requirement and covering for sin. and the old, when you think about it, in the Old Testament, every time you sinned, you had to you had to kill an animal and you had to apply blood, right? And the blood was like a covering, an atonement for the sin. Well, you could sin at nine o'clock, kill a lamb, apply the blood, and ten o'clock. You sin again. So you got to apply the blood again. Jesus satisfied that blood when he applied his own blood to the mercy seat. The sin question has already been answered. So what is, what if as believers, we missed the mark? What does the word say? We have an advocate, right? With the father. It's not, it doesn't give us permission to sin, but Jesus, he knows us. He knows that there are gonna be times maybe that we miss the mark. But you know what I find? The more I love him, the more I wanna do things that please him. And I can't always know that when I'm doing, I mean, and I, well, like sometimes, do you ever, have you ever done something And then you find out later that maybe it wasn't a good thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, once or twice. Okay, so I wouldn't know necessarily that I needed to repent for that. But once the Holy Spirit shows a light on it, I can go to I can go to the father through Jesus and say, Lord, please forgive me. You know, help me. I think someone has said, you know, one of the best prayers is, Lord, help me, you know. Because sometimes we we mess up. But the sin question has been answered. The thing that we have to do is believe that and apply it to our lives, okay? And that's good. That's good stuff, okay? All right, I lost my place. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I have in the note here that the spirit of Christ is the Holy Spirit. This is not the infilling of the Holy Spirit. This is a separate experience. There is a dual working of the Holy Spirit. There's a new birth, and then there's baptism in the Holy Spirit. The new birth, the fill in there, it blesses you. Um, Pastor Kenneth Hagan says, um, it's water in you springing up into everlasting life. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, the next fill-in, makes you a blessing to others. It's those rivers flowing out of you to others, you know? So... Let's look at what life in the spirit looks like. Let's read John fourteen sixteen and 17. Again, I think I quoted the scripture. It says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Forever. <laughs> I love it. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, and he dwells with you and will be in you. I mean, if you hear nothing else tonight, hear that he dwells with you and in you. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Some version says that we are sons of God. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. He teaches us um, this is kind of this is um uh, this is at no cost, but um, I think it was Monday all of a sudden i couldn't i couldn 't find my car keys, and I think it was because i didn't put them where I normally put them and i 'm understanding from brother Price that that 's important in memory right and i 'm thinking what did I do with my keys? I know I came in the house with them. Did I leave them in the door? What did I do? I couldn't find my keys. And so I thought, hmm. (laughs) So I thought, I'm gonna walk away and not worry about them and I'll come back, right? And so I'm in another room and I'm sitting down and the thought came to me, they're in your bed. I had made the keys up. I think what I did, I had them in the chair, and when I took them off the chair, I put them in the bed. Well, I hadn't made the bed up yet. I made the keys up in the bed. You must must have been all keyed up. All keyed up. But it was, you know, like that might seem insignificant to some people, but it was like, to me, that was a Holy Spirit telling me where the keys were because he knew I was concerned about them. And I went right in, and, and it's really funny because I had made the bed up, and there was this little lump, you know, in the bed. And I'm thinking, what is that? Then I thought, oh, my keys, you know. <laughs> but he brings things to our remembrance. He teaches us. He teaches us even the, 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 the secret things of God, you know. How many times have you ministered to someone or you've been talking to someone, and you find yourself knowing something that you didn't know. Or saying, you go, you know, like, I don't know about you, but I've said things, and then I think, where did that come from? It was Holy Spirit on the inside of me, right? Bringing that to my mind. He also um, quickens our mortal bodies. And I love, one translation says, or he makes full of life our death doomed bodies. <laughs> Not good. Yeah. He helps us to pray and he intercedes for us. He helps our infirmities and our weaknesses. He never testifies of himself rather he testifies of Jesus. His verse he, I think verse he got a spark, right? Okay, hold on. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, it was it was yesterday morning. Um I couldn't sleep and I kept, you know, talking to the Lord. I said, "What you want me to do, Lord?" And um I uh, got down on the floor. And I just started praying in the Spirit. And he stood my son before me. And so I prayed, you know, in the seed, in the Spirit for him. And yesterday, he was involved in the 32-car pileup on 40. And he said, I had to come to a complete stop because a transfer truck beside him had stopped and two cars went up under the transfer car, transfer truck and sideways, you know, the wind throw them into the truck sideways. So he come to a stop and then the cars behind him, he said, Oh Lord, they gonna hit me. Cause it was like, nobody could control their cars. So they slammed him in the back into those cars that was sideways in front of him and he said i'm all right you know and i said "Woo! thank you jesus covered him and you know and i didn't know what i was saying in the prayer of course because it the holy spirit interceded
0: amen amen Amen. beautiful example and he's I'm, i'm sure that i could ask every one of you of an example of when you were just um you weren't even thinking about a situation and all of a sudden something just bubbled on the inside of you and you just started praying and praying in the spirit. And later you found out that there was a reason for that. Sometimes you don't always know, but sometimes Holy Spirit will allow you to know what you were praying about, amen. He helps our infirmities and our weaknesses. Like I said, he testifies of himself. He doesn't never testifies of himself, rather he testifies of Jesus. I think in the Amplified uh, Bible, it expounds on this, but it says, Holy Spirit is our comforter, our counselor, our helper, our intercessor, our advocate, our strengthener, our standby, which in the Greek is a Greek word for paraclete, one who walks alongside to help. He's always there. Right. Amen. We have to get it in our knower that um, we didn't just have an experience. Rather, we had a divine personality come. He, he either, for many of us, he's already, c- he came. For some of us, he's coming. And, you know, when I talk about getting filled with the Holy Spirit into our lives. He is a heavenly being in the Holy Spirit. The mind will try to talk you out of praying in the spirit or in other tongues. I don't know if anybody in here can bear witness to that. Um, But if you only have a babble, I mean, most babies start with babble, right? You don't know what they're saying. They may say the same word over and over and over and over again, right? But if you're the mama, you listen and you say, oh, that's cute, and you encourage them, right? That those language skills are being developed. God hears our babble, right. and he accepts it, amen, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> he hears and he accepts it. Whew, that makes me like, yeah, thank you, Lord. But our mind will tell us, you don't know what you're talking about. A mother wouldn't say that to her child. They would encourage them. God encourages us, even if we we just babbling, you know. And all of a sudden, if you think about an, an infant, those language skills start to develop, and they say a word, and then they say another word. In the spirit, sometimes that's how we are too. And sometimes we speak the same tongue. Other times we speak diverse tongues. The tongues will change based on the situation or the need or whatever. However, the Holy Spirit wants to use your tongue. But we have to know in our knower that a personality came. First John four, four. Yes, Raymond. Mm-hmm. But also, parent, like you say, a kid might be saying the same thing over and over again, but parent, you, know you know what they're saying. I don't know how many times I've heard, like particularly mothers, you know, I guess dads do it too, but mostly mothers, and they'll say, well, they don't, they don't like that. Well, how do they know? The baby didn't say that yet, right? But they know their children, right? That's good. That's a good point. God knows his children. And he knows what we're saying and what we're talking about, even when we don't know. (laughs) That's good. I like that. Um, 1 John 4.4 says, you are of God, little children, River of Life Church, (laughs) and have overcome them because he who is in you, Holy Spirit in us, Christ in us. Amen is greater than he who is in the world. We have to know that, that the personality of the Holy Spirit is in us. Yeah. And he is greater than anything that is in the world. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Look at at, um, Colossians 1.27. To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. 1 John 2.20. Do we have that one? But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. That's I, I think that's what I want to punctuate here. He's in you. Amen. First Corinthians um, 316. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Amen. God bless you. Amen.